one, two, three. Testing, <laughs> testing. Is that the episode uh, eighty, Christopher Vu? We made it eighty in. That's almost two years. And for those of you I mean, that have like listened, man, your patience is amazing. <laughs> yeah, people. I mean, Tommy said he was catching up. So I had a, I had a, a a new white belt who's been with us for weeks, a mere weeks. Said I started listening to your podcast. It's like how 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 did you know about it? <laughs> <laughs> what's what going through my mind yeah and he uh he said roman told me oh nice so there we go spread that spread the so gospel i guess if we have a few white belts on they spread the word amongst there we their go peers. that's the hey man what do they the the word of mouth is the best advertisement right? so, so uh adam if you're listening to this checks in the mail round um stripes up? coming come on I, thursday yeah come on. Your, your stripe is coming. <laughs> i can do that now right like, yeah you can do that chris can do that he's a black belt he can hook you up with some maybe deserving stripes Ooh. <laughs> or undeserving who knows so yeah um, character is a big part of jujitsu so and if you support this podcast and that's clearly you have great character a- incredible because character you have great taste so anyway how um did that tuesday morning class blowing up it's it, I saw Miguel was there. Yeah, he was um, like, I was like, "What are you doing?" He was like, "I was up anyway." I was like, "Yeah, that's what I'm talking about." So I know I saw Freddie was like, "Is that Coach Jim?" So it's uh, that is probably keys in the mail, Jim. Yeah, dude, it's uh, that's awesome, dude. So like, I, I have a topic I want to talk about today. Yeah, but, yeah. But let's, let's, let's we go chat. into the let's go deep just dive. The, yeah, we're, we're definitely gonna be a deep dive. But Ooh, how the deep. typical. You know, what happened last week, the old catch-up, the news stories, if you will. News, <laughs> the, yeah. The news. Um, is there news? Well, I mean, what have we been doing? So I oh. guess my thing is, um, what is it like rolling with the guys? I mean, obviously, you've been doing it now for a number of weeks, but I mean, these a lot of these guys, you have Steve, you hadn't rolled with for eons because of his injury yeah. and surgery. Um Jim had, you know, disappeared for a period of time. A lot of these people, Hollywood, you know, yeah. disappeared for various reasons, uh, many of which were out of their control. Obviously, COVID played a huge role. Um, what's it like to have a class where that would be like Victor and I being apart for a long time and then suddenly training again together? Because I feel like these are the guys for a significant for a fair amount of time, obviously not at Longwood per se necessarily, but that you trained with. So what's it like with those guys? And what's it like having a bunch of black belts getting to train, you know? And Tommy, you know? Yeah. Beloved um, Tommy. Yeah, Tommy, he actually has been sitting out a little bit. Like, he's been helping more instructors. Okay. He, he tweaked his back a little. I think, like, ice skate, not ice skating. What is the thing where you, on the skateboarding? God, I'm such an old man. Um, he, he tweaked his, his his back or doing that. His knee's been good, though, so that's that's real nice. Um, I haven't had a, too much of a chance to roll as mm-hmm. much lately. Um, we've been doing a lot of situational, which is fun. And uh, so we kind of decided on Tuesdays to be the curriculum day and Thursday where we split it up for white belts and advanced belts. So last week, Steve taught, you know, since he we kind of decided uh, we were going to continue long step stuff because that was good. And rather than jumping from technique to technique, it's kind of, it gives people an opportunity to kind of really like cement it in their, in their game to work it more. So Kali and Tommy took the white belts and kind of did that thing with the, the wall. Nice. Yeah. And, uh, Steve did the long step and I helped out a little bit. So got my sweat in, which was nice. Um, 
but I haven't had a chance to roll roll with okay. everybody yet. So and regarding uh, our most recent podcast, how is what's the feedback been for that? For what, Steve? Yeah. Oh, Morrow, my buddy Morrow reached out and he's like, look, I downloaded Spotify just for Steve. Uh, look at that, Steve. So <laughs> Spotify checks in the mail for you. Um, I mean, it's... That's it, a lead it, referral, man. We, that's we what, that's, yeah. <laughs> but he, um, he, he had a lot of fun with it. Like, you know, I was like, man, like it was... Uh, we were chatting a little bit afterwards and he was kind of like, man, like... God, I wish I had I chatted about this before we hopped on the podcast and this and that. And so, um, you know, he, he's eager to get on again, which is okay. really cool. And he's got more to talk about. That's yeah. And he's, and he actually, I don't think he's listened to any before either. And he went back and listened to, uh, some of the Paul stuff. That's Being, why I tell everyone to start. That was the thing with, with this, this, with this, uh, with this guy who said we listen to the podcast. Yeah. I went back and I was like, Oh, I hope you didn't listen to episode one. He's like, oh yeah, I listened to. It. I was like, he's like, oh. he's like, yeah, it wasn't that good. I was like, dude, the, the, the first two, just skip the first two. Yeah, just and then we start and, our and, roots, and we and we get better over time. Like you know, even even you know the first few were still, fu- but at least the audio sound is bearable. <laughs> you know <laughs> that what I mean? Alone makes a like we want bearable audio. So, I, I mean, I like keeping episodes one and two there for posterior posterity. Posterity. Poster- yeah. Posterior would be. Posterior change. You know, that shows where we started, you know, and, and you how far see, we've come. Yeah. You, oh. I mean, if you say, if, if, if we, the lower we set the bar in that for the first episode, the more we can say we've improved over I time. I just can't believe people are like, we want more. After the first <laughs> well, you know, there are a lot of people that do commute. This, this so is they just throw it on. And um, so, yeah. The, the, that, was, so that was the. Uh, we, yeah. we, Obviously, episodes one and two are, are part of canon, but we're finding our... It's like the first season of The Office. It's like, it's part of The Office, but people, when yeah. they watch The Office, they just started season two and move... <laughs> when they binge watch The Office for the 10th <laughs> time, they started season two forward. And you know, I could do that. You can assign season numbers. So maybe I'll just do episodes one and two or season or one. Season one, yeah. And then yeah. <laughs> the season two. The, um, I think that's... I know didn't they do that with the evil dead movie like evil dead and evil dead 2 are essentially the same movie but evil dead 2 uh sam raimi had like a better budget so he's like i'm gonna do my true vision of it so it's literally the exact same movie just a lot better so you know we just look past evil dead one so did you you watched army of the dead on netflix right oh yeah yeah i watched a day of yeah i watched it Night, Pretty, night of rather, but yeah. oh, oh, night of balls. Yeah. Well, Stacy was out of town. I put Connor to bed. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna crack open my uh, Victory Sour Monkey 9.5 ABV and pass out in the couch. What if, what if Connor like showed up during one of the scenes where zombies are getting exploded? So I don't. <laughs> I'm a potentially a very bad father. Um, I don't hide stuff from him. Like I don't actively like watch things, but I don't t- immediately turn it off because it's my job as a father to educate him about whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe I'm 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 carrying forward like this just ridiculous Vietnamese tradition of like watching Hellraiser when you're five, and then like oh, oh and then go take okay. out the garbage, okay? And it's like fucking nine <laughs> o'clock at night, you know, just shit like that. Um, I mean, like it's funny because like to this day I have this. You're still emotionally scarred. Horribly irrational fear of the movie The Exorcist. Oh. 
I I cannot like like my my heart like starts racing when like I don't know if you've been to Universal Studios um recently or or but there's this thing called the horror makeup show mm-hmm. and they do this little montage of like horror icons and whatnot and they used to have uh the the girl from the Exorcist on there because mm-hmm. she's I mean she's it's an iconic movie right sure and I would I I like have to look at the ground when I just know that that part's coming up because it freaks me out that much. And Stacy, when we first started dating, she's like, "What are you? Are you? Are you scared you, you of this movie? A, you need to have a session with a hypnotist." I don't. First off, that's all bullshit. Um, <laughs> there goes there goes half our audience. Um, no, but so she made me. She's like, "We're gonna watch this, and I I want to see what you're so scared of." And by the and so we watched it, and I was like, "This is." And I was like, I can't, I can't watch this. Like, so we did. And I was did like, you put uh, the pillow over your head? Like, I'm not looking. Tell me when the scene's over. <laughs> um, no, we watched it and I was like, not happy about it and stuff. But she's like, you're just, this is ridiculous. She's like, yeah, but I mean, you, it was imprinted at a young age. I watched it when I was five. I, I, I made my parents buy me a bed when I was old enough to like, kind of get my own room and stuff that didn't have like a, a, like an underneath, yeah. like a, like a void underneath. Sure. Because I was like afraid, like I didn't the conceptualize. The yeah. Like I'm like, I had to have drawers underneath there. So I knew that there was stuff down there. Yeah. Dude, it, I was, I was a fucking chicken. Like, so, <laughs> so anyways, army of the uh, dead. So uh, what'd you think? Extremely pretty movie. Um, story wise, it, it was good. I mean, like I like Zack Snyder anyway. A lot of people give him shit. But he makes, I mean, he, he got his, he cut his teeth um, doing commercials and music videos. And it shows, right? All of his stuff is very visually he, stunning. It, when I watched it, it felt like I was watching Man of Steel because there's something he does with the, with, he, he, he enjoys with the camera where there's a lot of like out of focus. And then focus. Yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah, then yeah. out of focus. And, and I was like, so I could definitely see that he was using the same equipment, it seemed like. Yeah. Apparently, um, it made people think that their TVs were busted or something. <laughs> I, like, I, don't, I don't know. You know, like, I just, I'm familiar with the style enough that... It, it yeah, so I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't think something was wrong, but I did see a lot of jokes about... Focus. Focus on radio. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I thought the movie was... It's fun, right? It was a fun movie that ultimately the didn't was, come to any yeah. like satisfying conclusion. It was just there you know yeah and, and, and but, but I, I will also, say this what was gonna be a prequel like anime series and stuff. yeah but what was weird is you you create characters and then you, those prequels aren't going to involve the same character like yeah exactly because to me part of the zombie thing is having characters where and that's why you know i'll give walking dead credit even though i don't watch the walking dead where it's like you develop an attachment to characters and then if they're in danger and peril, you're more invested. Sure. And then if they die, you're really devastated. You yeah, I, we did not care much for Drax. Spoiler any alert. of these guys. But I will say this. I thought the good guys in the movie were the zombies. I felt bad for the zombies. Because they yeah, made the that zombies... Was, like, uh, mega spoiler alert. Mega spoilers here. I'll, I'll spoil the movie, but it's like... They're like minding their own business in their town of Vegas. It, I mean, it's and, it's I am legend all over again, though, right? And then the king and the queen, the queen is pregnant, and they kill the queen, and he's mourning the loss yeah. of his stillborn child. <laughs> Mega spoilers. <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm like, 
they they like like I really thought the whole point of the movie was to make you feel compassion for the zombies. Maybe that was his and point. want them to win. But then they didn't win, so I was all sad. <laughs> like, you know, because I was like, this poor guy. He he's like, his people have been attacked. His wife was was again in a douchey way. The douchebag killed her. Yeah, oh, you know yeah. what I mean. Like the for, guy that for capitalism. clearly looked like the guy not to trust. He was clearly like this. Is, it looked like who? No, he clearly was like. Oh, everyone yeah, said yeah. I don't trust you. Yeah, and they he, still trusted him. It was the most this. cliche cast of characters ever. What I didn't realize was that they, the the pilot was yeah. a recast. Yeah, and I had no all idea. That. So the out of focus stuff worked out great. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like he, you know, that wasn't that maybe he knew it all along. So um, definitely style, stylish movie, visually appealing, entertaining. Um, a little long. Yeah, it was a little long, but I mean, it, it was entertaining except. You felt like at at the end because there was no payoff in your words, which I agree. It just felt like did that, did I really could, was that two hours well spent or however long the movie was? You know, mm. you know, it's like yeah, these are just enjoying, but you're trying to get to something. And yeah, it, maybe it was, we'll get a Snyder cut of the Snyder cut, a Snyder cut of Zack Snyder's vision. <laughs> there, there was I. Yeah, it was interesting. So anyway, I mean, it's a free movie on on Netflix. Yeah, right? I, mean, so. I I like a good zombie movie. I I, I wish I'm there was a little more zombie movies at all. You're not? No. So oh, watching man, this I... was interesting. I've seen Twenty Eight Days Later, and I really like they're that not zombies. depiction. Huh? They're not zombies. They're not. Zombies. They're infected with rage. They're infected. Okay. So I like that depiction of a zombie t- in the zombie genre, even though it's technically not zombie. Yeah. Um, but. I like survival horror in general. Yeah, I'm not a fan of horror. I just don't like really? that image. Yeah, I don't like getting bombarded with that imagery. Like, to me, it does nothing for my... It, it, it speaks a lot of your character. Uh, I mean, like, I... It does nothing for my brain. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I generally felt sympathy for the zombies in this movie. Which I think that was his point, you know? I mean, <laughs> what is it with him and... Well, there's a whole lot of, like, COVID pandemic references. Yeah, yeah. And that was like, weird. Like they, they they use the 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 temperature gun as like a threat, yeah. like the thermometer. Like oh, I want to check your temperature. Oh, you might be a degree too cold. You might have the you might be a zombie. <laughs> and I was like, is this some commentary on things? Like I so it, it was. I mean, a, this is also from the guy who wants to make an Atlas Shrugged movie. So, hey man, Anne Rand for the win. Yeah man. Hey, I, I'll give the guy credit, man. He he's he 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 professes. He himself professes. That he likes his protagonist and everyone to be jacked, and that that's yeah. all. <laughs> Did you see like the the, the artist or um, the actor who played Ares in the Wonder Woman movie mm-hmm. and um and the Justice League movie? Yes. How he, he went? He's like, yeah, they basically made me shoot some stuff. And then my they put, on, and with they, my face, and then they put a jack body. Below. And then they they imposed my head on somebody who owns a gym membership. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I'll, I'll, yeah, he he likes having films where the where the cast and crew work out together on set. Like he he's all about using Shared studio struggle. dollars to build, you know, on set gyms. <laughs> but that's the um, you know, we were camaraderie building, and I were chatting about that, but how. Marvel casts 
excellent actors to play superheroes or who can potentially play superheroes, whereas Warner and DC cast people who look like superheroes and might be able to act. Yeah, I mean... But so in a visual medium, you, I'm good If you that. think back, um, Chris, Chris Helmsworth and Tom Hiddleston, or Hiddle, whatever, Loki. Yeah, Loki, yeah. yeah. Um, they were not big-name actors when they were cast in Thor. no. And and I was reminded of that where people were showing these were were reminding people with articles of like how it was like Marvel takes a big gamble on no names for Thor, you know, and now those guys became obviously they had careers and 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 Loki certainly that actor breakout character MCU yeah but that but that actor had plenty of 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 acting chops prior Chris Helmsworth I don't know as much. He did, like, but neither Red one Dawn on a Hollywood like, stage, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. you know, and and Tom was doing his work in England a lot, and and doing you know supporting role stuff, and and now they became big thing. Chris Helmsworth in particular, and now he's you know commanding you know you know millions of Probably, dollars yeah. a role now. So it's like they created stars too. Robert Downey Jr. was really and to some degree that Chris resurrected Evans, his career, right? I, I don't know enough about him like his 80s he 90s, was kind like, of resurrected already but was Sherlock Holmes before or after because I know those are fairly big yeah but I mean he, that was when he definitely I mean he was kind of the I can't like that that would be kind of like casting Mickey Rourke in a way you know like a mm, guy who had slightly different. I mean they did cast him as a villain in the second Iron Man but yeah I mean Chris Evans and, and Robert Downey Jr. probably got decent money you know oh, yeah. but what ended up happening with a lot of those guys who were the other scarlett johansson was probably kind of big at the time yeah she was you know yeah i um, guess the early but I mean, the they, early guys they all became big right you know the he, the biggest guy they had left who norton norton yeah he was probably the biggest guy and he left and they replaced it with a, a guy who was a character actor you know. And he, he ran with that man. He's yeah. he's the Hulk now. So who's the, the who's the other who's the other? There's six. I feel like I counted five. Oh fucking Hawkeye! Go away. Oh Hawkeye! Yeah, he, but he's a guy. So, but what happened then? Kate Blanchett is a villain in a movie. Yeah. You know, like all the they, big name they people. Got Sir stuff. Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> yeah, that, that's to play. <laughs> so all. But that's bi- also directed by Kenneth Branagh too. Yeah, I mean, like but you know, my you- point is, is like all these big actors. So now, when you have the Eternals, now the Eternals has Angelina <laughs> Jolie. You yeah. know what I mean? So all the big name people. The only people missing right now are Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise. You know what I mean? I mean, hell, they've gotten Matt Damon to play a little bit. Yeah, Matt- <laughs> was, which is awesome. So you know, you're you're and Will Smith. If Will Smith ever did a Marvel movie, oh, who would he play? Who do you think? Let's see. Uh, Let's throw it out there. Come on, brainstorm. I I don't. I think it would be cool as Doctor Doom, even though Doctor Doom's Caucasian mm. in the comics. But who cares? You can't do that. Yeah, I mean, who cares? Okay. You know, all these assholes. Um, um, Will Smith. Who? I mean, like, okay. So Will Smith to me. Will Smith has to play. Who is the Marvel character based off of Will Smith? <laughs> because Will, yeah, like, Will Smith plays himself. <laughs> you know what I mean? Get, yeah, like who? Who's the jokey? I mean, I am Legend. He would definitely wasn't jokey. Great movie. Yeah, I mean, he was an iRobot too, and iRobot. Okay, yeah, yeah. So I don't, I, I don't. But who's your who's your quintessential Will Smith? Which which role? Oh, 
You better say Independence Day. I was gonna say Independence. If you Day. don't, you're you're yeah, get, Independence get Day is when he, he's, he, yeah. he found his he found his character. <laughs> he found the French how French much Prince, <laughs> Prince punches alien. Yeah. Um, so it was. Uh, oh yeah, if they got Will Smith, though, that would be. You know, so I see a Gemini Man all over fucking streaming. You see that yet? No, I've never seen it. I, I don't know anything about it. I don't think. I mean, he fights a clone, so I just think of like. Does he fight himself? Yeah, it's a just younger him version. The, a younger did they version. de-age him or did they get his kid? They de-aged him. Oh really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, dude, Van Van Damme's been doing that for years, man. Van <laughs> What's Damme's that? Been fighting himself? Him. Double Impact, bro. <laughs> How many times is it? Double Impact? <laughs> I love that. Movie. I think Van Damme would actually be good because you know how they put Stallone and the um, as the Guardian as the original. Yeah, I think I think guys like that. I think guys like that have the, the nostalgia factor, especially if you put them in a role where they're shown respect. People, uh, yeah. I don't think people like it when nostalgia is like being made mockery of. You mean the Expendables? <laughs> like, I thought the Expendables was. I thought they were trying to treat themselves with. I mean. I don't think they were mocking themselves. It's just some people were like, "You think they were? You don't think they were mocking themselves? I mean, they knew it would pay off." I mean, I think they do their lines, but I don't think they were. Mo- I mean, they legitimately are like, "Look how you know." I think Stallone's like, "I look great with my vascularity and yeah. getting arrested at the Australian border." Remember that was when <laughs> he got a, he got, he got how much HGH did that do? Have? <laughs> he got caught at the Australian border with. With something with bottles and vials, <laughs> they're like, "Sir, you can't have this." <laughs> He's like, hey, man, what? my doctor's note, right? I've got USADA clearance. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. Anyway, but I, 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 I love. I, I'm a sucker for a good zombie movie, man. Like, I, I'm all about the survival horror genre. It's why I keep a tent. And you got your freak out bag? Oh yeah, like I got my bug out bag for bug my out car, bag, and I've got one built for Stacy with our hammer axes. Oh yeah, we're ready, ready for the fucking end of the world. I hate guns though. <laughs> Except there's no Lucky's Market nearby. No, <laughs> I know. I'm like I was just like you know, I started fishing with Connor and stuff, and and Stacy asked me, she's like, "So have you guys caught anything yet?" I'm like, oh, I haven't fucking caught anything. Like it's just something for us to do, you know. Mm-hmm. She's like, what would you do if you caught a fish? I'm like, I I, I would just honestly, what would you do? I would just cut cut the line and send that bitch back into the water. So now he's, got, he's in gored in the mouth. Nah, man, that shit rusts and goes away. <laughs> right? This is how you make zombie fish, man. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm helping the fish strengthen their, their, their bloodline. But uh, yeah, like I, I wouldn't know what to do with a fish. I mean, I, I guess a push really came to shove. I mean, I've seen Castaway a handful of times. So speaking of fish, I don't know, weird segue, but I got into watching Black uh, Black Sails. Yeah, you're saying that. Yeah, yeah, on stars. Almost, I'm yeah, I'm on the last season. Really good. It got me wanting to play Assassin's Creed Black Flag again. Man, do you the Assassin's Creed? I haven't, I haven't heard that in forever. Yeah, I mean they still make the games, and I I've only. I only played Black Flag. And I'm actually playing it right now. It's so much fun. It's crossed. It, it crossed. Crossed all sort of like centuries at this point, right? Yeah, I mean, I I can't like they just did Vikings. They've done which I think is a they cool did like one. 1776 or something, didn't oh, they? Oh yeah, Were they you? did the Revolutionary War. They they did like like London, like I think Sherlock Holmes time or something like that. Really? Like, yeah, like they they did a whole bunch. And I think it's cool, but what I liked about Black Flag is it's, it doesn't. I think it's the. Does it like take place in a ship, like one ship? Yeah, it doesn't feel like. It doesn't feel like an Assassin's Creed game. It feels like a pirate game. Like that's what's so nice about okay. it. Okay. Like you have a crew, you have your ship. 
you upgrade your ship, you 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 raid islands. Like that's what's so fun about it. So so you you just don't like Assassin's Creed, is what you're saying? You like I've never played an Assassin's Creed game. This is the only oh, one that I've was played. okay. Yeah. So this is a perfect um, companion piece to watching Black Sails. Are you replaying as it you now? play? Yeah, I played. Okay. Over, uh, that was Memorial Day weekend. Oh, nice. It was fun. It was fun to play some of that and. I'll have, to, I'll have to check that show out. I, I, I like, so I'm, there are certain genre and, and like period pieces that I'm like into. Pirates are one of or not? Like Westerns is one I cannot get around. Okay. So pirates, so, I can't so, say so I've some ever of the seen. Genres, I mean, okay. like I love pirate, like the pirates of the Caribbean, their world building was excellent. I mean, it got a little bit too like that. That crazy. I found kind of cor- a little corny. A little, really? I mean, like one, two, and it three. It felt like a Disney ride. Good which is, trilogy. Which is what it's based off of. That's what you know. Good trilogy. When it got all the other like, like, like let's base this on fucking so Jack. Jack let's Sparrow, go with the like. classic tropes here. Obviously, you're in the bank for superhero stuff. Oh, that's the yeah. Yeah, pirates. It, it depend. Like so, here we go. Thumbs up. Thumb in the middle. Thumbs down. Pirates. Middle. 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 Uh, knights. Like knights and cavalry and all, not I mean, like I can't say medieval, I've seen a lot medieval of medieval times. Medieval, I I mean, I'm like you know I can I, I don't dislike it. I guess so it, thumbs, it, thumbs in the middle. middle, yeah, yeah. Uh, space, not so much. I like really. Big, I like I like cosmic with a little C, not the cosmic big C. Okay, so you'd be like I like contact, but interstellar's too much. Yes, and you can go beyond that with Star Trek and stuff. Yeah, I'm good with that, right? Like, I, I you like I'm Star Trek, Next Generation only. Uh, oh, yeah, you're the Picard guy. Okay, um, underwater stuff. I can't say I've seen a lot of it, like the deep or any of that. Like, I mean, like uh, the I love the Abyss. The That's abyss, about okay. as far as I can go. Um, yeah, I mean, like the the claustrophobic feel. Aquaman's good. Uh, Arabian Nights. Can't get me on. I can't say I've ever seen an Arabian type. Like, oh, really? Like, like, like sword and sandal type movie? Yeah. I mean, like, would you classify, like, Spartacus as a sword and sandal? I mean, that's by definition sword and sandal, yeah. but it's not Arabian. It's, it's, yeah, no. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. into, I guess, <sighs> growing up and only, you know, learning about, and like, you said Western Westerns, history. No. You don't like Western? No, no, no. Okay. Like, I like Greeks and Roman shit, I'm all down with. I love, like, Nor- not Norse mythology, but, like, Greek and Roman mythology. Well, that was my um, next one, Vikings. I'm stuff. all down with that. Norse, I can't say I've seen... Like, I've, I've, I know the show Vikings I would supposedly like a lot, according to a lot of people mm-hmm. who have told me that. Um, I just wanted the time to watch it. Okay. I mean, like, you know, that's... But there's a comic called... Um, I forgot what it was called, but it was based... It's, like, Norse-based and how... Like, we tend to think of people of a previous, you know, <clears throat> centuries ago as like stupid, but they're not, right? Like they're just, they just do, like they're I mean, just, they, I they're mean, primitive. You, you put us in the setting that they were living and surviving, we'd all die probably. No, yeah, you know obviously, I mean? right? Because of our education and stuff. Right? But the, I mean, can you think about how crazy we would sound if we were transported to like medieval times and we could somehow communicate with them? Like we would sound insane, right? What about Egyptian stuff? I'm I'm pretty good with Egyptian you stuff. Like Egyptian? I like I like the ancient stuff for some reason. Okay, what but like a, the medieval, like the middle times, or like I like really old stuff that is like unverifiable. So they just you just gotta make up shit. Oh, okay. Like you gotta uh, fill okay, in all the what gaps. What about what about um, like samurai stuff? I'm a s- samurai stuff, not as much, but ancient Chinese stuff I like. 
Okay. Like like Chinese period pieces, I'm good with. Okay. All I right. don't like the how now like what are they called like wuxia movies or they are like the fucking like wire foo. Like how like they're like how many fucking Wang Fei Hung movies have they done at this point? Like Once Upon a Time in China and blah 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 and all like Fong Sai Yu and like all those ones that Jet Li's played like a billion of like and has a huge series of. I've seen all those right like and they're great they're classics at this point, and like now they're like creeping into what. What is old to the current generation, which is like Ip Man and stuff, which is like Bruce Lee's, you know, like original Wing Chun instructor. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yo, his his fucking history is like verifiable, and you know, like we can go back and like literally see pictures of this guy, and they're like making a lot of like historical fiction about that sort of. I, I don't like that stuff. Like if if it's Based on true events, make it as realistic as possible, you know? And I don't like how, like, Chinese movies are starting to creep into that territory where we can, we can literally go back and verify stuff and, you know... Okay, so last question. You don't like Westerns. Can you get behind Cowboys and Aliens? So... <laughs> um, I've never seen it. <laughs> I haven't either. <laughs> I, I took a stance against it because, like, there's this idea of optioning. Are you familiar with that, what that is? Like optioning a movie? Yeah. So Cowboys and Aliens was like created to like be an option. And they, at Megacon 20, God, I don't remember when I went. It must have been 10 years ago at this point. I haven't been to Megacon in so long. Just too many fucking people bumping into me, which is why I would never do well at a rave because that's literally just people bumping into you, right? Um, <laughs> but yeah, like they were giving away boxes of Cowboys and Aliens. Because they're like, look at how many we've distributed, you know. Because those like, the, like artificially inflating numbers to get studios to like op to to buy to buy them and stuff. And Cowboys so and Aliens was like all of that. So like, I took a like a like a moral stance against it. So, last thing before we get into our main topic, which yeah, is jujitsu jiu- related. Welcome to around. Uh, yeah, it is jujitsu related. Is um, apparently the the author, and you might I don't know the guy's name off the top of my head, but I heard an interview with him. Um, with Kevin Smith, actually, of all people, um, and Mark Bernardin, who's like Kevin Smith's co-host a lot um, when they do. Content. This is t- terrible. Is huh? it the black guy? Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. He's also a, he's also an author. It, they do a show called uh, Fat Man and Fat Man Beyond. Fat now. Man. Okay. Because I remember because Fat he Man lost and weight. It was Fat Man and Batman, but now Kevin yeah, Smith lost died weight. Realize like it's yeah, fucking terrible. So now he's Fat Man Beyond. He's beyond the Fat Man part. Okay. So. The comic book writer responsible for bringing the Winter Soldier... Brubaker. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So that guy apparently has not been paid at all by Are the studio. Are you fucking kidding me? And he is bitter AF. So that's one thing that fucking sucks about Marvel, right? And like the idea of like IPs. DC, so like from my understanding, and this is purely like third hand, right? Because mm-hmm. I'm listening to... I listen to a lot of comic book podcasts. Warner Brothers is excellent about paying out royalties to people for like, you know, like they use this iteration of the Batmobile or, you know, you mm-hmm. created this one little bit of like, like, um, or like Harley Quinn's used and Harley Quinn was a creation from the animated. Yeah, series, exactly. Like or Quinn even was. like the fucking scene in wonder woman of her eating ice cream. And it's like, ice cream is wonderful. Like fucking Greg Rucka wrote that when he was on his run. And for that scene, like he's getting like thousands of dollars or whatever for it. Right. So for like little things of actual create, you know, like 
creative property. Not even though it's owned inspired by, DC. by inspired by WB is paying them out for that. And from my understanding, well, Marvel's not doing Marvel that. is not doing and that then at he, all. He, he was, he, he was, he That's was, tar- he That's was, terrible. he was upset. And then they offered him some money and he just, he couldn't, he's like, it was, it was pittance for, in his opinion, pittance for, you know, but I mean, so that's the thing, right? Like they, this is Kevin Smith's argument or not Kevin Smith. Uh, Kirkman's argument is you, you knew what you're getting into when you're doing work like that, right? You, anything that you create, blah, 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 becomes property of whoever. Yeah. In this case is Marvel. Like you, and that's why he has his own label. Yeah, Kirkman. Kirkman yeah, does, and he's yeah. doing great, right? I mean, he yeah. also happens to be an incredible writer. Um, not that Brubaker's not. Yeah, yeah. I but, you know, so... <clears throat> Kirkman also... That's, it's always going to boil down to that whole, like, creative freedom versus, like, security issue, right? Like, yeah, I mean, but it's still kind of like... It's this whole thing. Like, it's my idea. I resurrected a character that was kind of an afterthought. Yeah, I mean, was dead. For I had 40 no years idea sixty years that the MCU was going to blow up, and then the next sequel for Captain America is called The Winter Soldier. Is that any different? And though, then he's kind of like, like uh, so. I, that's I, I'm not taking because I understand there's there's an argument to be said for you signed on the bottom line, and even though you didn't think the possibility was significant at the time, you still I mean, put your you I'm, know I, the capitalist in me says, well, bud, that's on you. Yeah, you know, I mean, like. It, it, to me, that's no different but than like I can understand the fucking just being like deadbeat too. dad who, when your son goes off to join the NBA, is all of a sudden knocking on your but door. I, like, but I can understand him being resentful because it's like, fuck, I made that, you yeah, know, or, or possessive. I mean, you know what I mean? Owner, like that's his baby to some yeah, degree. Yeah, and know, and so. but I mean, they they probably put in the credits, crew. You know, winners. <laughs> he may yeah. not get any money. I don't know if he got a credit it. or not. Actually, I don't know that detail. There was something. Uh, I think Brubaker. Was that the article where he had to get asked to, or he had to ask Sebastian Stan? Oh, to go to the to, to go, go to, to the premiere, premiere party. Yeah. yeah, he's like, I fucking is it Brubaker? Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, like, that he did. I, that's that pretty was, bad. Like, at least invite the dude. <laughs> like, yeah, he, buy the guy a drink. God damn, like that's fucking terrible. <laughs> anyway, I'm, I sh- I'm laughing, but I shouldn't be laughing because yeah, that's kind of a dick move. Um. Anyway. We'll, we'll table it. I'll put a timestamp in the in the. I'm I'm gonna in go the, in the description to say if you want to skip over us rambling about, about current yeah. events and comic books and get to the jujitsu part. I mean, like it's no. I mean, dude, it's it's like the fucking argument about like predatory lending. Like you fucking signed the on the line for that mortgage. You knew what you're getting into. Whether or not that lender fucking sold you on some other bullshit. At the end of the day, it's buyer beware, and it's your fucking Dude, problem. Look at you. You are secretly... Look at, <laughs> I'm telling you, man, when, when it's not election cycle, <laughs> I, I, I'm the reddest of red. <laughs> like, I do not know. Like, like you are all... Of, <laughs> you're like, Ron DeSantis, I love you, bro. Like, <laughs> Florida, land of the free. Come no, on. but like, like, that's just... Uh, maybe maybe I, uh, I... That's another argument. <laughs> I just... <laughs> I love how you, I listen to NPR, but I, <laughs> but but you fucking signed the line. <laughs> That's on you. Okay, so today's don't topic. blame the bank. Today's Nobody topic. held a gun to your head. Today's topic. Yeah, today's topic. The jujitsu guard. Ooh, I, I like it. I like where this is going. <laughs> so can we pull it? <laughs> so, um, 
first of all, what's your definition of a, of the guard? I give this every time. It's it's John Danaher's original definition from when, which is uh, any time. If you are on your back or mm-hmm. seated, or the case supine mm-hmm. or seated, seated, your legs are separating your head from your either standing or kneeling opponent. And that it's different from the boxing guard. A boxing guard is anytime your hands are separating your from your head, your yeah, head exactly. from their your body. head. Most importantly, it's your head. Yeah, like you're. You're using your legs as a So then he's counting defensive. the hip. So for close guard, that still encompasses the definition because the upper part yeah, of yeah, your yeah, legs yeah. is... Are, are separating. Okay. Yeah. I mean, so that's the traditional... I mean, that's the I mean, written I in could be, The guy could get to my head and I'm still on half guard. I'm being a dick here, just trying to like so poke holes. If, you have, yeah, if yeah, I, I mean, have half no. guard, he could have me smash and he could get to my head. Yeah. But I still have some control over your some control of your body. It's not Fair you enough. know. So the island top team definition is it's a distance control mechanism that generally involves your lower body. Okay, that's 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 more general mm-hmm. than than the distance control. And mind you, this is I, I subscribe to that purely because it's the first actual description of it yeah. I'd ever seen. So I've always just ran with that. So I'm. Uh, I guess uh, a few months ago, I was like, man, or after my most recent competition, mm-hmm. you know, which is a while, uh, months ago now at this point, like end of the year, or beginning of the year, actually, I think, something like that. Anyway, um, I was like, man, I need to work on my top game. Like that's my passing and being more comfortable and finding the correct grips. And, and I'm still not finding that, and it could be just <clears throat> habits of sitting on my butt and not forcing the guy down. But while I do get a little more time on, on top, I'm still not doing that as much. And as I go with better and better, more skilled opponents, I end up getting put back into my guard more and having to play out of guard instead of just... Is that because they're sweeping you better? No, because most of those guys don't play guard. Oh, I see. Okay. You know what I mean? If you go with Eli, Eli's not going to play guard. Yeah. If you go with Mike Seavey, right. he's not going to play guard. You know what I mean? So outside of a guy like David, most of my rounds are against guys that want to take top. So Is that because you're conceding guard? So I end up conceding to guard right away because... You don't want to midget right I don't want to stand up and... Re- yeah, I, yeah. I, you know. So, which is fine. Because I'm of the belief that I need to... My guard is still not at a point where I could... I can rationalize... Hey, I need to develop my guard more before I can continue on to passing and top game. Because in my mind, I, I am adhering to to Donahue's thing, and I was adhering to this prior to him spelling it out. But it's like to me, you know, the progression of the progression I'm going to adhere to is pin escapes, guard, attacking guard. Because that's just life, right? Like yeah, that's, that's literally that, the progression. Yeah, of that's how you start. The that's how you go yeah. from lying down to to crawling to standing up yeah. to you know to jogging and to running, and then stand up is actually the very last thing. You know, so it's like. So that's interesting that you put it that way. You could make stand up first potentially, like, uh, but just the way this is working up is you start on your back, you work your way up, 
and then you both stand up, then you work on standing. So that's almost kind of subscribing to the like the Helio Gracie like philo- like overall riding overriding philosophy of jujitsu is that you should never assume, or excuse me, you should always assume. Let's just go in the positive direction that in general you'll be fighting somebody bigger, stronger, more aggressive, and you'll somehow end up on your back. So therefore, I view it from worst start from worst case scenario and work outward from there. Okay. You know, I think there's an argument to me to be made for learn judo and standing early. Yeah. You know, because that's and where things because the starting point could be there too. So I, 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 but just for me, just from let, let's let's go from like classical jujitsu of just like and there's some <clears throat> there's some Robert Drysdale stuff about that. Oh really? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. About like because they're like, man, we can't do it. We're not doing all that well against jujitsu. So how do we or against judo players? How do we? How do we constantly modify the rules oh, in our okay. favor? So there's, there's, so there's some, in there's terms some of just the jujitsu, let's just roll kind of philosophy. Yeah, yeah, then yeah. it's like pin escapes, get a good guard. That's get a guard that's not passable. Then get a guard that's that you can attack from. Yeah, and then sweep and now work top and passing and that. So that's kind of the the progression. So I, I feel like man, I need to keep working on my guard. Which brings me to the next part, which is. The first guard that I worked on, that I committed to working on, and I did it for a period of six to eight months, was half guard. Make, makes a lot of sense. And I and I and I chose that because it was ubiquitous and it's always happening. And I I felt like being somewhat proficient in that position is going to help me. Is it the guard I want to play long term? At the time, I didn't know. I suspected maybe not, but you know, it was more just like out of nece- I think it's a necessity to be better at half guard because of how it comes up so frequently in rolls, yeah. you know, especially because a lot of people like to pass from half guard. So if I'm, if I'm not good at, at the, the very least, like guard, you might guard maintenance or recovery from half guard, then guys are going to have a much easier time passing my guard. This is the thought process. So now I'm at the stage where it's like, I'm starting to adhere to this idea of layers of guard because I learned with half guard that, in order to play half guard, you don't play half guard. You play half guard and reverse De La Hiva and potentially maybe De La Hiva, but really reverse De La, You need to know in order to do half guard, you need to understand reverse De La Hiva too, because that's how you stop a knee cut oftentimes, yes. you know, not the only way, but that's a way to stop the knee cut. So, and then I, I you know, I do deep half and I like deep half, but there's kind of like this. If I go with a guy that's bigger than me, I don't want to just. I noticed you didn't say Z guard at all. I don't. To me, half guard is a like Z guard is a form of half guard. Okay. Just, all right. To me, you know, it's the half guard I want to be playing. And if they get past the knee shield and smash me, then that's the position they want to pass me from. So that's. Mm. But I'm just considering it as half guard. So my thing now is, if I'm transitioning between guards, then how do I improve to a better guard than half guard? And to but, me, a better guard is but what's a better guard. Right? Yeah. M- the- in my definition of a better guard is where I'm able to control distance farther. So there's a, there's a proximity that comes with half guard. Is it proximity or is it how much control you have over them in general? That, Cause that, that, that's what my de- definition Okay. Would be. Cause that's kind of what I want to get into is I'm just, I'm sharing my thoughts on, and how, and I want to, I want to hear your thoughts on how you view the whole thing because my feeling is like, and, and I'm now faced with this dilemma of I want to play a more distance guard. So an outer layer guard 
and now they're two different guards for Gi and Nogi. Whereas before I could do the same guard. Yeah, you can't really do To the same, you know, they're yeah. differences. They leave it. <laughs> they're totally different. But now I'm kind of faced with, well, in Nogi, it's butterfly half. Because there's no, that's as, some form of butterfly is going to be your most distant guard in Nogi. In my yes. opinion, I don't, I'm not going to be playing, I, I, I don't feel like I'm going to play. You can't extend your legs. Delahiva. Yeah. I could play a form of Delahiva, but realistically, it's probably going to be a butterfly that's going to be your most distance guard. And it's also the one that's currently dominating the meta in competitive Nogi. So Delahiva? No, no, butterfly half. Butterfly, butterfly yeah. half, yeah. So then, so that's that. But then in Gi, I'm looking at some sort of spider, some combination of spider and Delahiva. Well, so, I mean, you also have to take into account, like, is the person standing or kneeling? Because butterfly half doesn't work on a person who's standing. I mean, at that point, it's you got to go to fucking reverse or uh, single leg X and yeah, which is, which and, is fine. But which, again, yeah. that's a closer guard kind of thing. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So and and but but for for example, those guards. I guess I'm gonna make another characteristic. And can you just move your your yeah, water bottle just in case we don't get like a ring every time? You, um, I mean, I could walk with a backpack <laughs> in my phone. If you want me to. Is uh is that single leg X is a guard that gives you a lot for free because of the price it takes to get into the guard. Hmm. Whereas Delahiva is so readily available. Ah, okay. Butterfly is readily available. Single leg X is not readily available. So let's like you have look to get at into butterfly it. guard. I so, don't even view it as a guard much anymore. Um, and I, I'd seen something by Faraz Sahabi called the dynamic butterfly guard. And he's like, and I kind of subscribe to it now because it makes a lot of sense. It's like, you don't like pull butterfly, you know, like it's not a position necessarily. No, it's, it's, a, it's your outer guard shell. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a, it's a, a crime of opportunity, right? Like it's just, it's dynamic. It's almost more of like, you have to look say like butterfly transition. It's not because there's no there's no static butterfly guard, sort of, you know, like it's, but I, I, I get, I see where you're getting at. Um, so, okay. So you're talking about layers of guard and distance management. So I've always, jujitsu and sweeping and submissions is all centered around controlling your opponent's body and we have to break it up into upper and lower body, right? And guards to me and the the hierarchy of positions, it's been a while since I've said that, it centers around how much control you actually have over that. And, you know, if you I've always kind of likened it to swimming. You know, if you have imagine a person on back mount on you, you have no control over their body whatsoever they have 100% control over yours. So that's basically trying to swim without your hands and legs face down in the water. Um, you know, mount is like face up in the water. At least now you can breathe and you can see um, bottom side control, right? Now, you you can't exert too much from a guard standpoint against your opponent or your partner whoever 
but at least you have some connection to their body where you can manipulate their upper body to a certain degree depending on who pummels better and that sort of thing. And you can start your way out, you know, half guard. And now you have some degree of control over their upper body plus at least some degree of control over their lower body with, you know, their legs and hips because you have one leg and hip trapped. And then, you know, butterfly guard, close guard, you just reverse that now as you help work up the hierarchy. And that's how I've always liked, and that's how I was kind of like stuck, had that roadmap in my head. And that's, I think the easiest way to explain it to somebody who knows nothing about jujitsu. So how do you like do you, the, with the guard you play, do you view it as layers or do you just view it as a single guard? Like kind of not a single guard. That's a really interesting. Goal. I don't, Let, I don't let's say it like exactly a single system. Well, I mean like, <clears throat> I mean, you know, I, I tend to always try to funnel towards close guard and everything play like it starts with close guard and sort of like funnels its way back to close guard. And my butterfly half is only a function of a failed, um, sweep. Yeah. It's a failed sweep and I'm having to regard and get that. I, I basically jailbreak and I'm able to fish my left butterfly in. So it's all plays off of that. So you don't play much spider or last. I play a lot of daily Hiva when people stand. You play daily Hiva. Yeah. Cause I kind of, I'm, I'm trying to just like, clearly there's a distinction between standing and, yeah. And guys I don't play a lot of spider knees. though. I certainly don't play any lasso. I, for guys that are seated, I'm always going to right now. My preferred guard is, Spider, some people call it tarantula guard is basically, yeah, I don't know why they call it. it. It basically, I have it, it's a collar sleeve spider. Collar. So, I instead of having double sleeve, uh-huh. I have a spider on one side, collar with my other hand, and then and cross collar, a free leg. That That's what Paul does all the time, generally marking. Are you using it just to like check? Generally, it's mark, it's 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 probably marking their their arm but oftentimes people put it between their legs that's what most people tend to do is they try to put the 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 marking leg between their legs oh i see because they're on their pass to that side and they try but uh, you know that that's kind of what i like play a kneeling headquarters yeah but i've got that but they, they can't do anything yeah because you can't you yeah can't they're a, just stand up to pass <clears> yeah they, then if they stand now generally i'll go to delhi outside daily yeah then i'll go to delhi heva and and do so it kind of like I kind of know what I want to do, but it seems to almost come at a price where I feel like my half guard is getting passed more because they get by the first layer of guard, like and I don't elegantly, I don't elegantly tran like. It's almost like if they're passing the open side, you don't have an underhook. It's like what Paul back. says. Yeah. What, what Paul says, like. Do you let the guy break your close guard or do you open before he breaks it to switch on your terms? And what, that's what's happening to me right now. Is they're beating my outer layer guard, which I have less experience with, instead of me abandoning it prematurely and setting up good grips for half guard. So I don't know. If, I guess my, my, my point is I don't know if it actually is making my guard better because of course it is. my half guard is getting past more. But, but now you're developing another another pathway 
Yeah, it's true. Like, and, 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 and again, when I first did half guard, I was getting passed all the time. Yeah. So it's like when right. you're doing right. something right. new, you know, and, and you got to see how it works. So, yeah, I, I, I buy that. But I guess my, yeah, my thing is just getting like, better at something else. Which how is good. do you view it, though? Because so you view it as I'm trying to funnel to half guard or excuse me, to, to close guard. Yeah. So you like you you don't consider I, I lapel or Delaheve or, or Spider. I don't play that with any of that shit. Interesting, because I think that's part like to me. I don't like close guard because I don't know if it's my leg length. I don't know if it's just lack of experience in the guard. I don't know if it's. I just don't like how they how they're past my legs. Mm. Like I want. I like. There's something what I do like about Spider, even though I I I don't like sometimes the grip requirement of it. Like the fingers, yeah. the finger cry. But I'm, I, I played it today, and my fingers felt fine. And I think just knowing when to abandon a grip before that's the biggest thing. You know, that's fire, like right? when to bail before they fuck your fingers is yeah. huge. Um, I like, like something about else. being in, being like a baby. Like I think there's something strong about a baby posture where it's you literally like all guard. your appendages, because there's nothing stronger than a leg press, and to have this leg press between and i'm literally doing this in front of yeah front of, they, they, to, this is a this is an audio medium yeah but, audio yeah. medium but i'm literally <laughs> like, but to be able to leg press up someone and plus your knees you're not exposing your that to this, me is yeah. stronger than this where i where i wrap my legs around him because they've gotten by my leg press so i can't make distance the way i want to sometimes but you can make distance that's that's the thing is like you're you should be planking your body in a closed guard yeah but i can't I, I can't do a technical stand-up from close guard. Why can't you? Because I'm connected to the guy. Well, yeah, correct. But you have to open your guard, and then you stand up. But opening your guard against a good opponent is non-trivial. Agreed. Because if you open your guard, they're immediately going to start... They're going to pin your legs and start to pass. Or but do with something. a good cross-collar, it's a little bit safer. I mean, like, you know, there are so grips involved. I'm saying that, like surely my lack of experience with the guard a lot of my objections are addressed with if you just knew the guard and how it functions better like there are ways around it but i do feel like leg power of course right <laughs> you I know mean, so that's, that's yeah. and again having a 220 pound guy in my closed guard you know having a yeah. you know a 40 to 50 pound weight differential Forget about going against guys like Brian McKenzie where I physically can't put my legs around him. Right. You know, I want leg press. I don't want close leg curl. Yeah. And the hope is that will allow me to sweep and attack and do all those things. And then if that gets passed, I can go to half guard and still be proficient. And they haven't passed my, it's like you haven't, you don't have to pass one guard. You have to pass multiple guards. That's kind of the, that's how I view it, is I'm, I'm hoping to create a, a layers of guards so guys just don't pass one. They have to post, pass multiple, in theory. Yeah. But, you, but it's up to you to experiment with which guards you prefer using on those sort of like the in-between guards, right? Yeah. Like, I don't like... Like when you think of half guard, of if if you ask somebody to just show me what a half guard, I don't like that guard. So that's, you know, that's why I kind of do a knee shield more, because like it gives my hips 
mobility to be able to either high knee shield De La Hiva if they stand up. Okay. Or butterfly. There half. are no, there's nobody that's going to advocate a half guard that doesn't involve playing deep half or knee shield. Right. Any other orientation of, of that outside of some lockdown stuff, no one is ever going to recommend that as a guard. That right. is like you're being passed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because you, you've given the maximum. Those to your orientations upper body. are you're getting passed. It's either you need to be underneath their hips, avoiding their upper body altogether, or you need to be keeping their upper body off of mm-hmm. you with your shins. And it's up to you to figure out which ones you like. And it sounds to me like you prefer because you talk about how like with a knee, with like a failed knee shield or something, if they stand up, then obviously you have to go to De La Hiva because that you have access to that leg mm-hmm. and that heel now, right? So like there are just certain routes that we only have two arms and two legs that because like what else would you do from there other than stand up, which is like the one that we always forget we can do, right? If somebody just stands up, you can also just do a technical get up and sure <laughs> or come from a single leg or something, you know. But that's that's sort of a function of De La Hiva. So for the purpose of Spider and Delahiva, where would you recommend our good sources of information? Now I have my, and I'm. This is this is an academic question because I have my own ideas of, of you know who who good sources are for this. But for Spider and Delahiva, I've I've I can one hundred percent tell you that I've I can't say I've ever watched a Spider Guard instructional. Really? Yeah. I, because I've always sort of kept in mind like a little bit of like MMA in mind mm. and like I, I there's just something about spider that's a little bit too sport jujitsu and I don't want to sound all sport versus street versus fighting or it is considering I fucking pull guard on everybody I but didn't like, mention lapel is also another version of a distance guard that I would play Oh yeah, because to me that's a variation kind of of Delahiva. Yeah, I've I've just never like because Spider is too and so if specific. Spider to, is gimmicky. Then Lapel is like, and that was my thing. It's like if we if we're already doing Spider Guard, then I have to understand Lapel Guard to some degree because you can't draw the line arbitrarily. Like, oh, that's too much. That's overutilizing the the the, 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 the gi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, come on, man. Like. But don't I mean, wear the but gi. Lapel guard is not nearly as developed at this point as spider guard is. Right? Because like isn't isn't Keenan the first to admit that lapel guard is there simply because it was like the one niche and route that nobody else had sort of like gone. I and mean he's like, I'm it, I'm using it are, to shut there down. There are guys that do utilize it, but outside of a guy like Keenan who tries to do it exclusively a lot of people are using it as a variation on what they, they, they don't purely do it. You know, yeah, right, it's right. Oppor- it's a, I mean, he doesn't of, purely do it. Does he? I mean, I've, no, I haven't but I mean, a lot of, footage. for him, it's like a, the battle is, can I, can I feed the lapel? It's, it's, mm. it's an extreme version of single leg X in my opinion, where it's like, if you manage to secure the guard, it's almost like you've got the person swept, but getting there is the, fucking getting there is the yeah. battle. You know, whereas Delahiva, it's like, I'm in Delahiva, boom. Yeah, you, you know, your leg is there. Yeah, and yeah, I just so drop my leg below your yeah, knee. Yeah, you know, like, there. So, I guess, I find like, that yeah. that little, uh, smaller grapplers, female grapplers, are great sources of information for 
Um, both, but especially spider. Because because they don't have the upper body strength to. They go with big guy. The big they they don't they don't compete against, but they in the training room they go with a lot of people to try to body them up. And one of the best ways to keep people off you is to put your legs between yeah. you and them. Yeah, you know. And you mean a guard? Yeah, <laughs> but they're not. They it, it, it you can support more weight that way. Yeah, and yeah. and you keep them. Yeah. And it's very technical in terms of you know being able to move people. So, I mean, like even just the what is that like? The legs of an untrained woman are in general going to be stronger than the arms of an untrained man, and blah blah blah. Like, oh, absolutely, just, yeah, like all absolutely. Those, those little absolutely. sort of cliches. So there's um. So have you been hitting up the women in our gym to to get pointers? Michelle, I, I mean, like you know, Michelle doesn't really play Spider Guard though. I Eminem can't say Sanchez what. did, but she's no longer with us. Yeah, I mean, she's been real quiet too. On yeah, I, I don't. I don't know. She's been. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, haven't checked in with her. Yeah, we'll to, we'll so to I, I don't know, man. It's it's. I'm at the you know. I'm kind of at the stage where it's like, I'm trying something. Against, you know, m- more skilled opponents. And I have two problems to, to confront. One is the the knee, which we have a lot of people at our gym that do try to pass on their knees. knees. Everybody passes on their And knees. then the, the more standing people. And I'm at that stage where it's early on. And I'm, I've even, I even had a moment with David where I was like, dude, I've, I've successfully done Kazushi to you to some degree here. You're stretched out in Delaheva, and I don't know what to do. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there are probably a dozen sweeps here, and it's, I'm, like, drawing a blank, you know, and we're both kind of chuckling. So it's like I'm at that early stage where I'm getting my guard passed more. I'm getting smashed more. So it's kind of frustrating again because you're like, God damn it, I'm getting smashed, you know. Not that I was... Shouldn't be frustrating. Not it that I... be challenging. Yeah, well, I mean, it, but it's that whole thing. It's like... You have to take a few. You have to take one step backwards, take two steps forward, kind of right. thing. You know, like you have to, you know, deal with the growing pains of of doing something new. But that to me is the path to growing my guard, and then hopefully at that point, the hope is that will give me more opportunities to funnel to top and get better at top, and then get better at finishing, and then. Hopefully, you know, I'm a more complete grappler in a, in a few years' time, you know? That's the never-ending quest, though, Noah. Yeah, but, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued to see where I am at the five-year mark. That's where the, are you at right now? What, what, what's your... Th- uh, three and a half or something? Three and change. Not even, not even three and a half. Three three, and really? Change. Yeah. Three, it three, seemed like a lot longer now. Three and like, three. Like, three... Uh, James, well, no, today's June, so June is six, so five months, so... Three years, five months. Wow, really? So, I'm, I'm, I'm. I think five years is a great. I think your ceremonial pen will be, your engraved pen will be in the mail soon. Oh, shut up! (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) So that that's kind of like a milestone to be like, okay, where am I going to be at grappling wise at five years? You know. So that's not fair to. uh, So, (laughs) your five years in terms of pure mat hours though is probably ten years for the. Average I mean, that that person. that to me is irrelevant. So whatever time is that really irrelevant to you though? Yeah, because I'm not comparing myself to anybody else. Oh, okay, this, that, that's fair. That's fair. This yeah. is just like you know, I have my own 
person. I mean, I am comparing myself to other people, but not like, hey, we all start at the same time. It's yeah, a race yeah. to see who gets better faster. But I mean, you know. It's just like, I have goals for myself. Is the Noah wanna... of year five going to beat the Noah of year four in a match? I would hope. I would sure hope so too. Yeah. I mean, that absolutely. Like, that's ultimately it, though, right? So, I mean. Is that, but along with like just certain, you know. Are you a goal setter? necessarily like i mean i don't write goals down but but i with jujitsu i would say typically no it's just i have like you have an end in mind i have projects that i'm working on okay that's how i look at it so this is you know my project right now is it yes it is to work on being a better passer being more comfortable on top being more comfortable with you know you know understanding the grips from top which i don't really understand too well um, you know, at best I, I can force over underpasses and do okay, mm. you know, but in terms of, and that's the thing, I don't, we don't have like many aggressive, like Paul put me in Delhiva twice today and it was a reminder of how aggressive a guard person can be on bottom with, with, you know, implementing Kazushis and stuff. You right. Know? The, the most, the, our biggest quote guard player, in my opinion, whatever biggest is a relative term, but you know, one of our best, our our best guard player here David. Is, is David. Yeah, oh yeah. But his guard is, it's a more of a counterattacking guard. You know what I mean? He, you know, and in the sense that it's like he's, he's very good at shutting down whatever you're trying to do to him. It's very hard to pass, yeah. but is he like off balancing me? It's more like come in and try to pass. Whereas like you don't do that with Delahiva. Delahiva is not like coming and pass me. If you do that, they pass you. Yeah, exactly. Delahiva is like, I'm constantly like, you can't settle. Yeah. I mean, like that's what the, I felt yeah. with Paul. And I'm like, in that kind of situation, I was, I'm, I have very little experience dealing with that kind of guard. So I'm not as comfortable with like, in this situation, so is that a I'm matter trying to find of certain grips, you know? And, you know, like I, I feel as though jujitsu, when it comes to training methodology, there almost has to be a different philosophy for top and bottom game. And, you know, like I just, I think back to, it was probably a year and a half or two years ago where I think it was coming close to promotion time or I don't remember what it was, but I just remember distinctly Paul would set the clock for like two minutes of the beginning of the class as a warm up, And basically one person's up, one person's down and just like top person you're passing for two minutes bottom person gives them a different look each time you know and like you just you touch and go touch and go touch and go and he had said he's like you know there's no technique involved in this there's i mean there I mean, he's speaking very generally right like no no instruction excuse me involved in this he's like but i guarantee you if you do this every single day you know for the next year you're gonna fucking passing and you get real good because just the moment you get a look from somebody you just go Right, it's exhausting as hell. Obviously, mm-hmm. you know he used it as a warm-up exercise, but there's something to that, you know, and and that's one of the things with, especially standing passing, you can't settle, right? Like you, it, because the moment you settle, that's an opportunity they for somebody to groups. attack your legs, yeah. And and you know, with kneeling, you can. That's that's why I do it because I'm lazy, and and you're just a little bit more stable there. But passing, there's that risk and reward, but the rewards are very great because you have gravity on your side, right? So perhaps you're trying to play 
too cerebral of a game trying to pass Paul's guard at that moment. And obviously he's training for competition and whatnot too. So that's um, potentially, you know, I mean, I just think it's, it's just like, I've always said this. I think it's just a, a question of time spent in the, in, you know, how much time have I dedicated to this scenario? I've deca- dedicated far more mad hours to escaping pins, to yeah. escaping back mount, to escaping mount, to playing guard. So than perhaps, I have, you know, as a training partner, the people who you do roll with, Eli, Sahibi, perhaps you should communicate with them and say, hey, why Yeah, but we don't, us- we, we have very few people that are good training partners in that respect of giving looks. I, I'll and go that f- way you can help them and they can I'll, help I'll you. go as far to say like, because I don't know if this is fair because I think jujitsu is an expression of what people like to do and what works for their body type and mentality. Agreed, yes. But would it be fair to take the example you described of, which I love, by the way, of just like top person pass, bottom person guard, to tell them like you're playing half guard on this round, you're playing spider this time. Even though that might not be their strength, they have to give that look. Yeah, because it forces them to also, you know, jujitsu is, I mean, you're going to... So Steve and I have been talking entirely too much. But is it fair to like? Is it is it fair to to tell, you know, a short person to play spider when it could be a t- I don't know. I mean, I, I you know, so, I mean, I I'm not the tallest guy, but I like spider and I think it has advantages. But I guess my point is, like an extreme example, be t- tell the short legged person you have to only do triangles. You know what I mean? Whereas, I I don't know if I can technically do that or play close guard with Ryan McKenzie. But there's nothing wrong with. You know, <clears throat> just skill development, right? Like, they got to learn how that, to at least be familiar with it and give it a try. Well, I mean, like, we're here. Jiu-Jitsu is about, what is, what is Jiu-Jitsu is all about make, trying to make you I quit. mean, we definitely need to teach people how to give looks. Yes. That's, that's a... Because that's what being a good training partner is. Because there's, there's something There's this middle to, ground yeah. between drilling... And rolling that a lot of us don't know how to do. No, and there's it's funny because we were just talking about that with uh, actually amongst Steve, Tommy, and and me, just like progressive resistance, right? Like early on, you have to give the false positives, like kind of. Oh yeah, but I, I, and I, then I, as people get more sharp at it, you give them better. But resi- it's like you need to teach people like what's it like, and this is something that I'm very thankful I have a guy like. Victor, because a lot of times when we roll, we we just like to, like, do the the scenario that we just learned, and we get more comfortable with that, and it's a it's a realistic look. But so how about this, right? But all we do is we just we we without telling each other the rules, we know the rules to how to do it. But these rules need to be like made explicit to people. I feel and they as need though, from a curriculum standpoint, this would help a lot, right? Because how many times? Do you hear Paul or me or somebody else who's teaching say, amidst, let's say, we're a, a, a topside choke or something, right? You're, you're showing them, and, and he says, You notice Chris is doing this because Chris knows jujitsu, right? Mm-hmm. So that's, yeah, you, you've heard that before. Yeah. We, we've all heard it. We need to teach people to be Chris, right? And how do you teach people to be Chris? Because he knows jiu-jitsu, whatever the case is, is that you have to teach them the proper... Like, for every time we're teaching something offensive, we need to teach the defense to that. 
and it shouldn't be an afterthought. Like so. Yeah, but I don't. Yeah, but I think it's also just like you can't expect people to, like the better the person is, the more reactions or the sophistication of the reaction, the, like the level and sophistication of their reaction to what you're doing is going to be higher or more. But even if you have a no stripe white belt, if you just tell the guys like you're trying to, you're trying to compete within this position only. And if you manage to get out of it, you go back into it. And yeah, your goal is to, Make sure there's as much parity as possible when you guys are competing. So if you just stomp the person every time, that's not productive. You need to dial it back so it feels competitive. And then you need to just play that position and do what you you know do whatever you think a reaction is. And if you know that someone does, like if one person does a reaction that's that you know is horrible or feels horrible, you should let them know. You should punish them for it. Yeah, you, you, know you mean? shouldn't reward good, punish you them shouldn't, in a hurt them reward kind bad of way, behavior. But, but but you know, it's like if there's clearly a way you can win, you do win. But you don't punish them from by beating them the same thing again and again and again. Like if I'm stronger than you, I can just bench press out of something. Yeah, it's like, like don't do that. You know, you're trying to remove attributes, and you're trying to. Basically, reduce the playing field to this little system that you're doing, and you're but trying to ice out all. You're trying to, you're trying to try and experiment with all the actions and reactions that you can guys can come up with. And if you do a reaction that's dumb, or if someone does a reaction that's dumb, the other person beats them. So that's so a they get the feedback. Of, like, and the more you know, gaming. the more you'll be able to do that. But it doesn't. Even if you don't know anything, but then it's up to the instructor at that point to set up the game. It's their job to properly set up the game. Yeah, but I mean, it should be the point where they understand pretty intrinsically what the game is. Like a great example was like Paul showed us this, the the Matrix entry as a response to, um, you know, initially it was. You know, if the guy beats your your X guard hook and backsteps, then you sweep it around and do like you you kind of invert and take their yeah, and then you, you put leg, the matrix yeah. hook in, you yeah. know, from backside. And then that ended up getting into like you could have your your foot in the armpit, and you so you have like their arm, you have their foot in the armpit, and you're scooping their arm, and you could attack the Uma Pilata, you could attack matrix. So Victor and I would just start in that position. And mess around with like, okay, I've got a free leg. He's trying to block the free leg and all yeah. this stuff. But if we did something grievously wrong, we both learned because the other guy would be like, haha, I can just do this and tip you over. Right. It's like you, you just have to get into that position. Now, certain positions have more limitations and make them easier to diagnose. Like to me, just doing Delahiva is too broad. Right. It needs to be Delahiva with certain grips. Yes. You know, it needs to be delicate. You've got these grips. So I think that's what makes practicing guards maybe a little harder is because there's too much variety. Still. Yeah, way too many variables. There are too many variables. Like yeah. you need to reduce the variables more. And limit what the person 
if we're working a De La Hiva, for example, you have to limit what the top person is able to do as well. In my opinion, if you're, if you're working, trying to, because that's what it, it's all about, right? Like is developing a certain skill set. Like if I'm playing, oh man, it's hard. Cause I, I've never played team sports. So it's hard for me to describe cause I've never actually taken a practice, but oh man. Okay. Let's look at it this way. So when I teach like kickboxing, for example, and I'm teaching like something like defending a left hook or a left high kick, right? Like your body mechanics are essentially the same defending it. That's why I don't say defend the left hook. Or I say you're defending a circular attack from this angle, right? So like if we're, if that's all we're working and you know, whether I'm throwing a fucking spinning back fist with my right hand or a left hook with my left hand or a left high kick with my left foot, you know, or, or, a fucking, I guess, spinning hook kick with my right foot or whatever the case is. Like, you can defend it the exact same way. As an as a partner who's doing the attacking, if I want to be an asshole, then I would start kicking to a different angle, right? So giving an, I'm not doing you a service by giving you realistic looks to defend that angle. So, like, how do we as coaches teach the uke, essentially, to not be an asshole? Because that's also a thing that I hear a lot too when we're trying to work something. Well, I would just do this. Like, well, that's not what we're fucking working right now, right? Like, we're working. I mean, I think to some degree you need to have that or else people over cheat to win in the, in the friendly competition. Like, for example, if you tell someone, like, only do double underpass, like, only do like a form of a double underpass, you know, do a pass that you go under the guard. Okay. You know? I'll make it, you can only do double underpasses. Okay, so the guy's trying to always dig. Well, then maybe the person does. Oh, I know. I'm just going to put my feet. I'm going to lie straight on the. You know, try to double under corpse pose. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. It's like I'm just going to mount you. You know what I mean? Like there has to be common sense. Like if you're outside the realm, just like the guys. You guys always complain about a Muay Thai when you do body sparring and everyone just puts their hands down. Yeah, like that's it's like you're, you're cheating. You're, yeah, you're not you're, cheating. You're also doing yourself a disservice. Yeah, because right? you're like, doing the habits. Like, you're not I'm learning gonna, how to I'm develop. I'm just going to jab you straight in the face. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, that needs to be taught to people. Um, and Absolutely. I don't know how exciting and engaging it's going to be to sit down and tell people this. <laughs> you know what I but mean? But if as long as you just say beforehand, guys, we're body sparring. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean you should leave your face they exposed. Still do it, though. Then that's on. They're idiots. Like if you want to win that bad that you're willing to expose your face, then then that's on you. But I, I think I, I think I, mean, like, I think it's within the partner's right then to tag him in the chin. I mean to I, I mean to tap them. Ta- like, well, yeah, yeah. Like, well, I don't mean to tag tag not him like in, fucking in knock a, him out. Tag yeah. him in a gentle sense, not in a you know knock him out. Be like doink. See, you can't do that. You know, right. just so. And again, as the person gets better and better in jujitsu, then their ability to, to like, boink people when they do something wrong. To me, it goes back to kind of what Paul says, which, which, to me, has greater meaning now. Which is, if they do the right move, I reward them by letting them out. If they do the the wrong move, I'm gonna have to smash you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and it's, this- it, that that's kind of what you need to do. It's like you need to have. This is where pre comes in. You you need the people to be good feedback machines. Huh. Ultimately, what does that mean? 
people just need to communicate better. Yeah. <laughs> but it, but also... So Feedback doesn't have to be verbal, though. No, no. I mean, yeah, I get that. But it's communication regardless. Yeah. But at the same time, though, like, just from being... Like, okay, so let's say we're working just for shits and giggles. Jailbreak, right? Jailbreak is used in general against a low side control or... Or in my case, like that's somebody's when you have the flexible hook and you put the hook in. Right? Yeah, it's a, you're, or you're passing like a far. You're, it's a guard retention technique, you generally used against people who are passing on their knees. If I'm trying to teach you jailbreak, and that's what we're all we've been working in class, and I say, for example, like, okay, now try to pass, and you fucking stand up. Cartwheel. You're not giving me the opportunity to work my jailbreak, right? Yeah. Like you're an asshole, like because you're standing up when that's clearly not what we're trying to do right now. You know, we'll work another guard retention technique or another sweep or something for against a standing opponent using a different guard. But this is not what we're doing right now. Mm-hmm. I want you, both parties to have the opportunity to develop that skill of jailbreaking against a person passing on their knees or other cases. Yeah, and that's the fucking most annoying part about like. You see it a lot with like higher bells. They're, they're the worst at that too. You know, well, I would just do this. I'm like, well, yeah, I, I get that. I know that. I know. I you, you don't have to prove to me that you can do that, right? Like, but this is not what we're learning right now. It's just, it, it's just when I hear that, it you're the fucking kid who's like raising their hand. Well, what about this? Well, what about that? And that's fine. That's great to be curious and whatever it is. But that's just not what we're working right now. <laughs> You know, like, what if a fucking asteroid comes down, too? Like, how do I jailbreak that shit? I, I, that's not a scenario I want to... <laughs> I don't want to deal with that right now because that's not what we're working, right? Yeah. Um, and it just... I, I, okay, so perhaps maybe that's the fault of the instructor in providing a clear purpose and a clear end game of what we're working that day. Of course, there are more realistic looks and blah, 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 and inspiring scenarios where people can do that, but that's just not what we're working that day. So that's perhaps communicating not only the technique, but the purpose of the technique is equally as important. Mm. I mean... Because how many times do we learn something and we see what we're doing. We don't really know why we're doing it. You know, the, the why is sort of like left implicitly for the student to figure out on their own. And they don't have quite a broad, like we just talked about layers of a guard today, you know, something like, a, you know, how are you gonna pass a di- like a close guard or a, a close, not closed, a close guard versus mm-hmm. a further guard. You know, like, it, there's always that thing about like, like what's your thesis, right? Like for today. And without that thesis, then you're almost just going through the motions and, you know, you, you're, you're reading the directions how to put together this fucking Ikea table, not knowing what you're actually trying to put together. Yeah, I'm just trying to, I'm, I'm just. Have I gone off the rails? No, no. I think the, I think the fact that there's so few people, um, Put it this way, there's a more accelerated trajectory to skill development that could be had if we were more cognizant of, if we were, not cognizant, if we were better drilling partners. 
yes. because each rep would be more quality. So if should, we're resorting to, if I can funnel in my role, great. If I can't, so be it. You know, if I'm lucky 50% of the time, like I can practice something. And that's the other thing. It's like, you know, I think there's a, you know, going with a fresh blue belt has a great purpose or going with white belts has a great, you know, because you being able to funnel a lesser skilled opponent gives you the benefit to practice things that you otherwise couldn't practice. And it really reminds me, honestly, of something Keenan said on the Matt Byrne podcast. May they rest in peace, him and Josh. Hey, it's all right. We you took know, their place. We took their place. Hey, um, listeners, come over here. Is that when he was training at Atos, it was hard. Because everybody's good, right? It's like I had to play A game all the time. So my A game got sharp, but I couldn't grow my game. Because I just had to do this. I could only do that one Wasabi calls the recipes like my go-to recipes. I could only do my go-to recipe. I couldn't expand. And when he opened his own, so is that to say that Atos at that point is a bad learning environment? It's a great training environment, but a bad learning environment potentially. I'm not. I'm not making accusations because he the way you're describing it. That's what I'm He said, "Now that I'm running my own school and I'm going with white belts and blue belts and purple, he's like, I'm able to experiment more. Yeah, and test out." things that have less reps but so that's ultimately also if you take a top-down super meta look at it the purpose of atos is to produce good competitors the purpose of legion is to grow jujitsu which in a weird roundabout way will result in yeah. you know better competitors at the end I mean, of the I day. I don't know. I don't know what Keenan. I'm just. Told. I'm just. I, just you know, I mean, I'm, he's obviously going to start with. He's going to have to develop people because only so many people are going to just follow my name alone. Yeah, like exactly. He's got to develop his guys. Um, so, but it sounds like a well thought out approach that he. Yeah. You know, like so, but you know. So, do you think? What I've said about guard, going back to guard, and we'll put a bow on this as we yeah we got to we wind down here. Do you see any uh, issues or things that could be improved upon upon my view and my approach to continuing to develop the skill of my guard, which is whatever hmm. guard you know, not just a guard, but the guard, entire, yeah. I mean, I, just the fact that you understand that guard is not the be-all, end-all is a very good start, right? Like, you haven't been seduced by the the lazy nature of guard or whatever Chris Howder says. Um, oh, absolutely. And the fact... I, I want to be on top. I, I mean, I, I don't, I yeah, don't like, adhere to the... Poly, like, be the man I, on I've top, heard, stay I've the heard man people, on top. You know, like, I've heard people talk about, like, like, if you're passing, you're expending more energy than the person on bottom. You yep, know? you sure are. And, and, but I don't like, I don't agree with that. Like, I don't like it, it, it's energy that I'm, here's the thing. You also have gravity on your side. Yeah. yeah, yeah you yeah. have gravity on your side and I'm choosing when to exert my energy on top. Whereas on bottom, you have I'm to at the mercy the of, I'm, yeah. yeah, I'm at the mercy You're of really, gravity. Yeah. I'm at the mercy of my opponent. Like, um, but then look at what exactly what you talked about, Paul though, where he's attacking you the entire time. He was exerting, you were exerting probably more energy than him. I mean, granted, he's got, you know, many more years experience and whatnot, but like, but it's the style of, a, of guard play as well, right? Yeah. It's, 
we'll revisit this topic in six months. Hopefully, I've stuck with it for six months, and I'll I'll tell you all the. Or sources. you'll just have an iron coffin top game and just smash yeah. the fuck out of. Or everybody. become an Olympic level wrestler. Yeah, and just be like, I only start on my feet. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> Bring it. <laughs> for, force and the guy I to toss everybody in. <laughs> <laughs> or blast double them <laughs> from across the mat. So it was fun. So ultimately, guys, just be a good training partner. Yeah, let, let's let's try to bring up the the uke IQ. And how, how do uh, we do that though? Use more ukes. Communicate. Use different ukes. I mean, I, I think we should ask people more questions as we're instructing. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of stuff. But There's some a lot. Day, of some stuff. days you come in and you're just like, that's a lot of work. Let's just roll, guys. <laughs> and I, yeah. Oh, dude. <laughs> believe me, I know all about that. <laughs> Um, so anyway, we will chronicle my journeys of the outer layer of guard, the exploration. It's almost like cosmos with Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yeah. Like we were in the inner, the inner solar system. Now we're going to the outer reaches the of the solar Kuiper system. belt. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, See what happens. And, um, it's weird though, because you're the guard guy. Yeah. You're a guard guy, but I don't feel like I can really ask you many questions about what I'm trying to pursue because you play closed guard. Yeah. Like, which is funny because like I'm. And I feel like there's something wrong with that. I feel like if you're a guard person, you should be able to transmit good knowledge just in general, you know? I, I don't know what you're asking right now. <laughs> like, like, No, I guess what I'm saying is it's like... It's a weird... Like, when, I watch, it's a weird when, I like, when I watch like Mikey Musaneshi, he was a Noki, and it looked like he was playing spider guard without spider because he was pummeling his leg in front yeah. of... Like he had knee shields that you literally could reach and grab the guy's wrist if you wanted to like there were a lot of principles being used but they're open guard principles not closed guard principles and uh -huh. i think we can draw a line between open guard and closed guard oh yeah yeah absolutely. in terms of the principles because closed guard is a lot about center pulling, line pulling them down breaking posture, posture. and center line yeah shifts. you know bringing arms across their center line and stuff whereas open guard is a different dynamic it's, in it's, terms yeah. of Kazushis are different and stuff. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's a different dynamic. Like 100%. all right, so everyone go go check out Gordon Ryan's supine guard, seated <laughs> yeah. guard, and half guard series, and Warzinski's <laughs> really report good. back. <laughs> They're so long, man. They're so long. Like oh my god. But, yeah. All right. So what's the curriculum today? I, I haven't been to class in like forever. Well, I mean, last week. We were doing a half guard to deep half. Ooh. And this today, we'll, we'll find out. I guess we'll find out. We'll find, find out. About 10 minutes. 10 Eight minutes. minutes. Gotta go. All right, man. See you. Good day.